stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. this earlier, uh, Quebec has passed uh, this new law, Bill 62, uh, that is meant to address the question of religious neutrality. Uh, and yeah, in, in a secular society, the state should be neutral on questions of religion and that the state should not take sides. The state should not place one form of beliefs above another. But obviously, that doesn't mean that, that citizens don't have freedom of religion. Citizens are not expected to be religiously neutral. Right, So we, we need to respect and appreciate freedom of religion. Now, I don't happen to believe in any religion, but I certainly believe very strongly in the principle that others are free to believe what they want to believe, even if I uh, don't necessarily approve of that or disagree with that or whatever I might happen to think about it. That's not the point. So if Quebec wants to ensure that the government is neutral, well, again, this is the same uh, province that has a uh, crucifix in the uh, Quebec National Assembly. So it's always been a weird kind of uh, interpretation of secularism in Quebec. And it's, um, I think, manifested in a way we don't really see elsewhere in the country. Uh, Now, a few years ago, of course, you might recall the whole kerfuffle over the so-called Charter of Values that was being debated in Quebec, which addressed a lot of these issues. Then, of course, we had a debate federally about whether uh, people should be allowed to take the citizenship oath with their faces covered. And here we go again. So Bill 62, under the guise of religious neutrality, would mandate that people show their face when providing or receiving public services. Uh, And that apparently includes everything down to getting on a bus. So is this this needed? What are we trying to accomplish here? And is this going to uh, hold up under legal scrutiny? Well, joining us uh, for some thoughts, very pleased to welcome the program, uh, Marty Supkoff, uh, formerly with the Canadian Constitution Foundation, has a great piece uh, on all of this at nationalpost.com today. Marty, thanks for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Oh, thanks very much. Uh, so w- what's your sense here? Why Quebec is doing this, first of all? Um, that's, well, that's a great question. I, I guess maybe, first of all, why they're not doing it, which is I think they're not doing it to address any problem that's happening because people who are using public services are doing so with their face covered because we haven't heard of any instances of this being an issue um, or causing an actual problem. Why they are doing it, I mean, it seems to be sort of a weird leftover from the charge of values, which you know, was kind of seemed, went too far for everyone, I think ended up, well, not everyone in Quebec, but I think ended up being ridiculed, criticized um, intensely throughout the rest of the country and even in the U.S. You had an article. So that didn't go over. And I think what ended up happening was this was sort of meant to be um, a lighter version. And at first, in a way, I guess this was a bit of a lighter version because at first it wasn't going to apply to things like uh, buses, as you said, which is a pretty big deal and affects a lot of people. But then there were some amendments in the summer. And uh, anyway, the final, 
the final version, I think why it was done, I think it was to appeal to the uh, the voters in Quebec who, um, I mean, most people in Quebec were in favor of the original Charter of Values, which was in, in some ways even more extreme. So I think it was to please people in Quebec who want to have this feeling that they're imposing a sort of um, atheism and uh, kind of going further than, than simply the state um, being secular. They're, they're actually kind of that uh, other folks so as well. Right, and and which would seem to run afoul, though, of the, the whole idea of freedom of religion, wouldn't it? Yeah, it sure would, yeah. Um, it's quite problematic because uh, there's a very big difference between the state remaining neutral and the state, as you said, I mean, you framed it really well. It's just, um, it tends to get confused, but when you, you said it very clearly, um, which is which is to say that the state can't make other people not, uh, that's not what is meant by freedom of religion. There's no freedom from religion is, is another way to put it. Um, we, we expect the state to stay neutral, but we, the whole point of religion is that the state is not getting involved and that it's going to treat everyone the same regardless of their religion. And I think that's another um, sort of precept that, that is relevant here because you have a law that ostensibly it has, ostensibly it applies to every religion. Um, no religion is, no one of any religion is allowed to get on the bus with their face covered. But in practice, I think we all know who, which, which is no secret, which religion um, this affects more yeah. than any others. Oh, quite clearly, in uh, a very small segment uh, of, of yeah. that religion. It, it, true. Right, and, and it raises these kind of contradictions where it seems odd to me that, that we, we, we bring this issue up based on a premise that these women are victims. They're being forced to wear the niqab, so we're going to ban the niqab. Therefore, presumably, there will be consequences for wearing one. Inevitably, we're punishing the same women who supposedly we believe are already being victimized. It, it doesn't make sense to me. No, it doesn't make sense to me either. I mean, for one thing, it would be helpful if we could even get, if if the Quebec government that was, when they were proposing this law and having passed it, it would be helpful if they were as explicit as you just were, because I think ultimately that is what they're trying to get at. They call it, a, the, the act is described as being in, in uh, the service of religious neutrality. So obviously this isn't just about people wearing stuff on their face. It has to do with the niqab and the burqa, even if those aren't mentioned. And I think the, the best, sort of the most gracious interpretation is the one you gave, which is that it's it's being done because of a concern for women who are who may be forced to wear these or who are really dominated by the males in their lives. But I, I completely agree with you. Even if that is the case, and let's hope it is, because it's a better sort of interpretation than just sort of thinking that there's just blatant anti-Muslim sentiment. Even if that's the case, I think you're making life way worse for these women. I mean, you, I mean, just, just think about it. If you've got someone who is being forced to wear this and who really has very little recourse and is sort of stuck um, under the thumb um, of a husband and or father, I mean, the last thing you want to do is say to them, okay, the one thing that you used to be able to do was get on the bus and go do some stuff on your own and have a little bit of autonomy. We're going to take that away. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to give, you know, we're going to give the husband or father every reason to say to you, forget it, you're not even allowed to leave the house because uh, this is what happens when you go out. So, yeah, I mean, I think ultimately, if that's, if that's the concern, I think you're probably making the problem worse. 
But is it reasonable at, at some level to say that, that those who work for the state, uh, those in a position of providing uh, public service, government service, maybe should show their faces? I, I mean, presumably if you're driving a bus, it's probably safer, for example, if your face is not covered. Maybe that's a situation where, okay, there, there's a logical reason for why this government employee, this public sector worker would need to show his or her face. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot more. I, I think you can have much more of a reasonable debate about that. About first of all, about sort of sticking just to people providing the service rather than receiving it, which is a big difference. Um, and even, I mean, I, even having said that, I think you're right that it also just depends. What are the practical issues? What are the problems it raises? Because if 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 the problem is that you can't see properly and you're going to be um, a slightly dangerous driver, that's a real problem that deserves addressing. If the problem is ooh, we kind of don't like looking at people in kneecaps and burkas because it makes us feel icky, we might want to you know that might not be good enough to. Uh, to sort of exclude a whole uh, class of people from working in the public service. So I think, yeah, I think you do have to look at each situation. I think what is so, um, in a way, a little bit bizarre about this is they've kind of taken it to such an extreme that there's not even any good, um, there's really no good argument in terms of what the problem is. I mean, I haven't heard anyone kind of postulate the, the real danger or issue of someone sitting on a bus with their face covered. Um, you know, and I try to, like a, a school teacher, for example. I mean, that, that's one where I could, I'm, I'm trying to envision where to me, maybe it's reasonable to say that that's not appropriate in that setting. If someone's working in a government office somewhere, I could really care less. But maybe in certain circumstances where you're expected to interact with the public, maybe it does make sense. But I don't get the sense that there's a desire to have that kind of a rational conversation about Well, yeah, I don't get that sense either because I think if there were the desire, and I agree with you, I think it's definitely worth the conversation. I can imagine, I can imagine different situations, situations where I'd care and where I wouldn't, um, or at least I'd think about it more. And then, as you say, if someone's sort of shuffling papers in that cubicle, then um, they should. I, I think it's really completely harmless um, if if they're having to communicate a lot with. Uh, the public, and as you say, yeah, like that's a good example with kids who may, you know, who knows? I would have to think about that one for a while. Um, but if if that were really the conversation that um, Quebec's politicians wanted to have, they wouldn't have asked a lot. It's just sort of absurdly broad, right? Which it clearly is. I'll be curious to see. It's probably inevitably going to end up before a judge somewhere, isn't it? I yeah. Uh, I mean, I can't imagine. Unchallenged. I mean, it's sort of got a bullseye right on it if you're a constitutional lawyer. So, yes, I think we will see this challenged. Yeah, I suspect you're right. Uh, we'll leave it there for now. Marty, appreciate the insight. Thanks for joining us here. Okay, well, thanks for having me. All right, take care. Uh, Marty Supkoff, the headline herpes Quebec's cab ban is probably unlawful and certainly nonsensical. And so she lists uh, some of the reasons why this is a bad approach. You can find herpes at nationalpost.com. Uh, 974-8255 is our number here, 974-TALK. Quick break here. I want to get some of your thoughts on all of this. Stay with us. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.